Today's chat is brought to you by, well, all of your support. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through Podbean's crowdfunding, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a patron of the FFC, please be sure to visit our website and click on the support link. Even a single dollar helps, and for those of you who are already patrons, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search, focus that fire. And so we come together. Join us. Join the discussion. Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Welcome back for episode 151 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on December 1st over on twitch.tv slash Chat. As always, want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Our topic for this episode is going to be a look at the updated information pertaining to the Great Ahamkara Hunt. But first, let's run through a quick introduction of those on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 Next up, we have our own master of social media, the one and only green-eyed music lover. Green, I hope you're doing well. How's the week treated you so far? I am dredging. <laughs> that is what this week is kind of culminated you, in. And so did str- you actually get the did you actually get the title? Yeah, I do. I have the title mm. and I bought the pin. I grinded for like 14 hours last weekend because I had to get it done before Tuesday for resets to be able to get the the little metal pin from Bungie. Mm, so yeah. I I grinded for like 13, 14 hours all weekend and just I got a really lucky streak because I queued in solo on Sunday and found these four people who had it in their heads that using their supers on the other side when they're invading was great. <laughs> was a good idea. Oh my gosh. And I just, I was a dirty, dirty jerk and pulled out my sleeper and got my last four light versus light uh, medals and put on that dredging title and I haven't taken it off. And yeah, chat chats, uh, fully supporting your, uh, I believe the best quote so far is get it queen. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I worked hard for that. Well, rounding out the usual team, we have our, our good buddy beard grizzly beard. How are you doing? Oh, no, uh, no additional names. No, not yet. Not yet. I, I, uh, I was going to give you a break since, since you, you had a bit, you, well, you you had some drama on Twitter and so I was going to, I was giving you a break, but you know, I mean, I was just trying to be nice. That's, that's fair. That's fair. But for the first week that I actually deserved the content title, uh, Hey, look, look at this. Look at this. I try to be nice to you. Well, I was going between either that response or it must be a Christmas miracle, but I opted for the other one, obviously. Uh, Anyway, I've been great. Uh, I had family visiting for the week here, uh, or for the week, for the month. Uh, So my time has been basically, if I'm not on the show, I've been at work, and if I've not been at work, I've been 
mildly working on the channel and then everything else has just been like i only get to see you like one month out of the year so hi let's hang out uh but my sister got to visit me as i've mentioned a couple times now uh from california uh so it was really good to see her uh and otherwise that's really been my my last month but this past week was rough thanks to of course black friday and my current occupation uh, and the recovery this year for Black Friday felt worse than every other year, and I don't know why. It wasn't like it was that busy, but it just felt weird. Anyway, that's uh, that's been my my last week or really two weeks here. Yeah, I do. They there's like they extended all the sales. It was weird. Like for, I'm gonna the, say everything for the cyber was... monday i just got a notice today <laughs> mm-hmm. they're like cyber week is over i was like cyber what like, cyber week <laughs> like, I'm, like I'm like wait what what happened like we're just gonna we're entering into a world where there's always black friday sales like it's like uh, oh it, hey it, it's january 1st time for black friday <laughs> yeah i'm gonna say everybody's either preparing for black friday they're doing something else with black friday I'm just looking at it going, Thanksgiving doesn't exist for a good majority of retailers anymore as it is, so why the heck do we even bother having Black Friday? Because right. at this point, there is no sense in bothering with the price. You're going to get me on this entire tangent. I'm going to stop myself <laughs> I had right to, here. I had, but, I had to explain like, to my son what Canadian hmm. Thanksgiving was. Right. <laughs> oh, wow. That was very well, difficult. It's it's the same thing as like Chinese New Year. You got to explain that to some yeah, people. He, like, he asked me we about don't that this morning. At the same time. <laughs> he had he had those little calendar stickers. He's like, look, it's right. Chinese, and I was like, you mean Chinese New Year? Yeah, Chinese. I was like, yes, that's Chinese. <laughs> okay, never mind. We're moving on. <laughs> yeah. Also, I think Ziona Ray in the chat kind of summed it up best. I'm just getting old. That's all there is to it. <laughs> oh, rude. <laughs> well. <laughs> Well, as you guys can tell, finally, once again in the hot seat as guest co-host, we have our good friend from across the pond. My name is Bife. Bife, how are you doing? Ah, doing really well. Doing fantastically. Uh, This whole week has just been like prototype for how I do things in the future. And as a result, uh, it's it's, I'm taking a weekend, which is I'm glad to hear it. And it feels good. And like the only thing even close to work is focus fire chat that I'm doing. And that's fine because focus fire chat doesn't work. Focus fire chat is I get to sit back and laugh with a bunch of buddies. So Mm -hmm. that's fantastic. I was going to say, if this Um, is your work, you know, you're doing something right. right? (laughs) And I mean, yeah, aside from that, it's just like right now it's move in chaos because I'm like new place, basically like there's a whole bunch of stuff that i still have to sort because of course the process can't be done in like the space of a week so yeah right now i'm just sort of like zipping back and forth between two different places and two different parts of my life so that's fun but yeah aside from that it's just me keeping busy uh there's cool stuff on the horizon and yeah it's just it's a really really interesting time so many cool things because of this week coming up too. My oh, gosh. Yeah. oh my goodness! You know it. Like we're we're expecting these things. They call them mini expansions, and I'm just looking at what's coming up, and I'm just like, this is not mini. What are you talking about? <laughs> I think yeah, I was about mm-hmm. to say you need to you need to drop the first part of that word because uh, yeah, I'm gonna say they're redefining what it is that they've had for expansions here, and I'm very excited from a from somebody that enjoys the portent of what game development is about and then seeing how they're developing this stuff and then also being 
a theorist at this point now as well. Just seeing what they're doing is is already driving me nuts. Right. I am so excited for what's to come. Anyway, yeah. I'm getting off topic again. No, <laughs> well, I was I was going to say oh, it's, it's speaking uh speaking of driving people nuts. Uh, Green yeah. Green had a really good uh, cattle prod this week for oh my God. stirring up some fr- like frustration, excitement. I don't uh, know what the ex- right word for that is. I mean, it definitely got the conversation rolling, which was kind of the whole point of these Twitter polls that I end up doing for the Ask FFC. But it, I don't know if it was like cattle prodding necessarily. It just got people <laughs> thinking because. You don't think about this. We don't talk about it in game. Do you think we've managed to kill off all of the Ahamkara save Riven during the Great Hunt? Was the question. Which is a really interesting one because there's points at which Shurochi during the pilgrimage patrol says if some Ahamkara are still alive, right? And that alone is enough for people to say, Bungie put that in there deliberately. There must be something. Yada 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 yada, mm-hmm. and so uh, assumptions abound, right? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna and... say it's either like one of two things on that angle. It's either them saying if being they're not quite sure just yet either, uh, or two, it comes down to there are still ones that exist, but maybe not in the way that we expect them to be, which mm-hmm. I think is also the important thing to kind of keep in mind when it comes down to like the um, car in general. They're uh, shapeshifters. They're, yep, I was just about to say, they're shapeshifters. Well, they're yeah. shapeshifters. You've got the bones that can also speak to you or at least can interact with you in some regard or way. Uh, like, the a, a death of an Ahamkara is is a very... I, I think it's a, a broad topic <clears throat> to almost look into in and of itself. It could almost be a argued and debated thing that we go on for like an hour mm-hmm. and a half as it is. Right. Uh, but that's the the big piece that I think is so important about that line that you brought up. I like that's their their death is. Uh, how long have you and I been been arguing that? Actually, that was actually the first video that I think you had kind of looked at of mine, uh, right? And how I was like, I don't think they're they're done or or otherwise are all gone. And with the other uh, little bits and pieces that could exist with them in the nine, like I I think they're either being sheltered. Uh, always have been sheltered, or their point in case just staying away from us because they know what might happen if they see another one of us. And then, mm-hmm. of course, they see Riven, and we go after her, and she just happens to be in a causal loop of something that we still don't know. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, let's not even forget about the fact that, yet again, Shirochi has lines about that, too. It's like, there's so much speculation on the actual origin of it all. So she yep. says... um it's basically words to the effect of some people think the Awoken brought the Ahamkara with them first, but if you ask me, they came from the Nine. And meanwhile, everyone is just looking at this being like, oh, we don't want to go down this rabbit hole. Oh, this will we'll be consumed by this for days. So, yeah. yeah. Suddenly, the distributary was actually the home planet or home place of the Ahamkara. Ah! Oh, God, no. And then you have to think about, like, well, what, what is that what are the implications for that right because then there's yeah. further stuff you need to think about with books of sorrow and whether the um ahamkara you see with the harmony are actually ahamkara whether wish dragon is like a broader term that just happens to like define those beings or something even further than that or basically like being able to call that for what it is is just like rumor and superstition like right yeah the point is it yeah with something like that you can so wonderfully just leave a very um 
a really nice open format for all of that. You just let it do its thing, I think, over time and keep an open mind to it. Especially now that we know that the Ahamkara, as you say, are shapeshifters. Like, oh, wonderful. Yeah. Probably my favorite, like, um, I don't want to say addition, but you understand what I mean. The favorite thing we have most recently discovered about them because it it broadens so much, right? Well, we like, had so many things. We had little to nothing on them previously as it was, or at least like a, a base physiology aspect of them. And now to know that they can do that just opens up so many different doors that allow for us to say, well, like, well, how many things were influenced by the Ahamkara over the ages? Can they take human form? Can they change out what we end up doing? Can they take on a different form altogether? Uh, the sky's the limit in terms of that. I, I, I think back on the, and I know we're going to get there and I'm jumping ahead a little bit. My favorite uh, Great Hunt reference is the one with Praetith Kabir and Pahanan. <laughs> yes! And oh my that, god, yes! That, oh, that wild hunt. That, yes. The, <laughs> I, I just call it the action movie scene. Like that's exactly it, it, I mean, what it freaking is. I mean, they're listening to Hell's Bells. I mean, they're right. they're just they're <laughs> right. That was it, it's, that it's... was the other great thing I posted that uh, I, for the because we do the weekly or the daily tweet or for quotes and stuff every week based off the topic, and we I put the the Wild Hunt up there because it's talking about the uh, ancient Earth uh, song like thrumming. And it like started this giant debate on whether it was ACDC or Queen or <laughs> it was like they there. I mean, there was a lot of there was a lot of opinions about what song they were listening to while they were hunting. Right. Well, and there's also uh, the the Vex uh, scannable on Nessus that talks about them listening to to classic rock and everything, mm-hmm. too. And I'm just like, oh, God. So at least some of the classics survived. That's good. Anyway. <laughs> Well, I know it was really uh it's always entertaining for us to to get those kind of like I, I don't even want to say like hot button topics, but like they're they're kind of like getting the conversations kind of going. Uh even even on Twitter where I know it's kind of it's difficult to have very in depth conversations sometimes. Uh but I know obviously everyone here is looking forward to diving into discussion. So we're gonna run through our standard intro notes and then we'll get right into it. In our last episode of Focus Fire Chat, we discussed the Wall of Wishes. If you ever miss an episode and would like to catch up, please be sure to check out FocusFireChat.com for archives, articles, and links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat. If you don't mind, please rate and, if you can, review the show on iTunes, Podbean, or whichever podcasting app you use to enjoy podcasts. Reviews are extremely helpful as they not only let us know what we can do better, but help us stay up on the charts, which helps others find our amazing community. To those of you who have already taken the time to leave us a review, thank you. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday, at around 10pm Central, we get together to stream a high-level summary of the previous week's chat for those who were unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, links of which can be found on our website. If you're a fan of lore in all its various forms, be sure to also check out thelorenetwork.com, where you can find a wide variety of some amazing content that covers a number of different titles and mediums. Our next chat is going to be a discussion on the extra lore topic for November, Fallout. 
However, as always, please be sure to weigh in on the poll this weekend to let us know which topic you want to discuss after that. Links to that poll can be found on either Twitter, at FocusFireChat, or within our Discord server. With all that being said, here's Green with a high-level summary. Since the release of Destiny and the dawning of Grimoire, there has been a secret obsession within some of the darker circles of the community. It is an obsession shared with guardians in-game. The desire for power and the mysterious race that granted such things. Wish Dragons. Ahamkara. Their bones granted special abilities through our exotic armor pieces, but as always, power doesn't come without a price. When the Ahamkara roamed the system, guardians would get wrapped up in possibilities, lost in their own desires. Whether it was to fight forever or to know their own past, guardians began to engage the Ahamkara en masse, and the great hunt was on. Was this hunt done to drive out the potentially devastating force? Or is it just another example of Guardians' lust for power and knowledge at any cost? Is there a lesson that we have learned? Or have we learned nothing? Groping for new weapons and abilities as a toddler does new toys. Before we jump into the information and thoughts the community had about the Great Hunt, however, let's have a quick chat about this week's Lost Lore. Alright, so as promised on the last episode, uh, I am going to kind of dive into the source of power, source of uh, sustenance, I guess you would say, for the Ahamkara, which is what we know, or what is called the Anthem Anathemy. Um, And I kind of mentioned this with last week's last lore, uh, but I kind of wanted to dive in, like I said, a little bit more in depth with this one. And and obviously the first part of that whole thing is to take it apart. So we have two words here, anthem and anathemy. Um, Anthem is generally defined as either a rousing or uplifting song that's identified with a particular group, body, or cause, but it can also be known as a choral composition based on a biblical passage for singing by a choir in a church service. So it's got both uh, either a, I hesitate to say political, but there is a uh, ideological connection or even a religious connection there as well. Uh, anathema is actually connected to anathema. Uh, it's actually the French trans, or it's the French word that translates into English as anathema. Uh, it comes from Greek and it means literally suspended from the bottom up, uh, in or to pose or to place. Uh, it can also mean religious offering or even doomed to hell. Uh, so if something is declared anathema, that's where you see usually a um, an exiling of that thing, especially within religious context. Uh, within the French dic- dictionary, the definition is an offering made to a deity. It's a destroyed object or immolated victim offered in atonement to a deity. Uh, one other definition that was found is a sentence of a curse against a doctrine or a person that's deemed heretical, uh, ecclesiastical penalty of publicly cutting off someone for heresy from the community of the faithful, excommunication uh, by cursing. 
So basically, the word anathema refers to reprobation. Uh, it's a basically a disapproval that involves an indexing a person or even an idea. And this is especially used in rhetoric and expressions such as throwing anathema or to strike anathema, uh, which in which the point is to add emphasis to that. So the origin of anathema is religious, uh, and according to the epoch, it actually means an offering or a sacrifice, as we kind of talked about with the French definition there, uh, usually through immolation, which is when you light something on fire, uh, and it's usually associated with the Greeks and the Romans. Now, since the New Testament, it's generally mean it generally is defined as meaning a curse of a doctrine or of a person, especially in the context of heresy. Uh, you also see it used in the English language to denote reprobation, uh, and again, you'll see that back in the French language. So if we take those two words and we actually talk about that, it literally translates into a song of identity for a group of creatures who, through their power to dominate the objective universe with their subjective will, will feed upon a perverse coercion of reality to match the desire of their victims. Um, really quick, fun trivia note, and uh, longtime listeners of Focus Fire will will understand my my humor here uh some synonyms for anthem real quick are canticle carol choral hymn psalm spiritual and uh, my favorite no, one no 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 no, <laughs> no. Stop not again dare. don't you dare i'll stop i know where this is going and i know how this ends he yes. skipped over it when he was reading the list i, of the I, I had to leave it i have to leave it for last because it's the best one i it's have the- not seen a tweet from that account in like a year do not resurrect this we don't want it nobody wants this stop it <laughs> literally i was reading the synonyms for it i was like oh my gosh i'm going to have to include this so it's a it's a pan a pan is a synonym for an anthem it's a song <laughs> it's a song i know i love it i love it god uh, <laughs> unbelievable Okay, for chat and listening, Mike and I had ourselves muted until we heard him start going down. We were like, no, 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 no. And we were like, okay, more important things are going on than maintaining audio discipline for the podcast. We uh, need to put a stop to this. Let's, oh just, let's just interrupt the blue right here. Oh, there are moments where God. that has to happen. It just it cracked me up. I was like, I was actually like not even thinking about that while I was looking up the etymology yeah. of this. And I saw that and I was like, Oh my god, I wasn't even looking for that, and here it is. Like, oh, you, you ha- I will so, admit, like, m- much as I hate it, you kind of you had to do it. So I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So, uh, to go well, back... you at least made pens and black flags. Uh, yeah, I think I broke. I think I broke. A few dozen times, so <laughs> you were a bad, Many bad people person. otherwise have been broken from that. Yes, we're, <laughs> we've, we've done our job. Let's, I guess, actually, you've done your job because yes. nobody said you had to bring it up. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so basically, it's through the granting of wishes. Uh, so, so when I to go back a little bit, when I was talking about the domination of objective universe, that's actually a quote from the uh, grimoire, or well, not the grimoire, but the lore itself. Um, and I'm trying to remember which one that was. It was uh, I just blanked on which entry it was, um, but it was one in which they were explaining the anthem anathemy. Uh, and it's basically explained that through their granting of wishes, wishes, which is defined as the imposition of a subjective will upon an objective reality, ahamkar are allowed to digest. So I'm gonna okay, I'm gonna back up a little bit. This is gonna get a little confusing, so I'm gonna try to go through it kind of quickly and then come back and kind of ex- try to explain it as well. So it's through granting of wishes, 
which is basically when you impose a subjective will upon an objective reality. Ahamkara are allowed to digest the objective noom in the cre- in their creation of the cost. Uh, now, noom is the objective reality. Cost is the subjective will. So when they create a cost, that it allows them to destroy the noom in order to replace it, and they are allowed to uh, to uh, digest the noom. They are, as described, and you see this, they are described in the Whisper of the Worm entry, engines which allow the desires of the wishmaker to become, quote, hedgemen over their conditions. Uh, the word hedgemen here is something, and the definition for that is something such as a political state, which is it's often very political, uh, having dominant influence or authority over others. In other words, it's domination. So it is allowing a person to become domination or to dominate their objective conditions via a uh, an outside force. Um, so, and actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a huge huge shout out to Captain Kex, which I I don't really need excuses to give him shout outs, but I'm gonna link his. He has an amazing breakdown of why this is a dangerous thing on Reddit. Um, and I, I'm not going to even try to summarize it because it gets, as usual with Kex, it gets very detailed and it's very well done. And I'm afraid that I won't do its service uh, to do that. But with the Whisper of Worm, to kind of go back, um, the Whisper of the Worm is basically the it's a creation of an item that's lusted after by the Guardians, uh, which if you realize the Guardians are some of the most powerful figures in the system. And this item is born from the defeat of a supposed worm god. Zol, through the creation of the supremely powerful weapon, has come to, in a certain light, be worshipped by those who, air quote here, defeated him. The danger here is that is if this is the case, in a similar fashion to the hive's reliance on their worms, we are now becoming reliant on these weapons. We are feeding the weapons through their use, and we aren't even aware of that fact, that in a way, we are fulfilling a dark, self-fulfilling prophecy of becoming a potential proxy servant to the darkness in doing so. That is one of the co- that's one of the causes of strife within that caused the great hunt. This is kind of the the debate that's going on here. If you combine that with the description of Zol's use of our victory as a catalyst for his own metamorphosis, we could be very well feeding Zol through the totem of the weapon that was made from his former flesh, which we see within Toland kind of making fun of us within some of his quotes from <clears throat> from the Forsaken within the Dreaming City, where he he kind of jokingly laughs at us about our our convinced our our guardian being convinced that we defeated a worm god. He basically calls us out and just is like, ha, you think you actually did that? That's hilarious. Um, That's cute. Don't get Yeah. It's, oh my gosh. It was, it's one of the best. And I have, I have those quotes. I've, I've slowly been collecting the quotes from Toland as I can find them over on our website. I'll also link that in the show notes as well for anyone who's interested in helping me build that out as well. Uh, but that is that is a quote that I did have on there as well. But yeah, so that I mean, that is really kind of a brief summary look at what what the anthem uh, that they use for sustenance or they, they kind of this is where the Ahamkara get their power. And this is where the Ahamkara uh, are, are. This is the cause of why we see them as dangerous is because they are actually potentially giving creatures who are not guardians so take guardians out of the picture for a second they're giving people who don't have paracausal capabilities paracausal capabilities then you add to the fact that now guardians are finding them 
So guardians are already super powerful. They already have that ability to avoid causality in a way. And now they're getting access to Ahamkara. And the Ahamkara, um, I I don't know, I don't remember if we ever discussed this, but the reason the Ahamkara speak the way they do is it's actually a binding spell of of sorts. They they border the wishmaker inside the uh, the logic of the statement by saying oh blank mine, oh wisher mine, oh bearer mine. Those are it's it's a way of them binding that individual underneath their control. And so by doing that, the Ahamkara are then therefore putting the guardians in their power, which again, guardians are, if not the, some of the most powerful figures. So that's where, again, the Great Hunt is, is and I think we'll probably get into it with the Ghost Fragment Legends 3, um, as far as like kind of the summary of why we did that. But I just wanted, again, real quick to kind of dive into the anthem there. Um, and before I go off, because I will go on and on about the the digestion of Noom, uh, because there's a lot of philosophical, <laughs> a lot of phys- philosophical debates uh, within phenomenology actually that ta- that touch about that. Um, but I'm going to let Green kind of take over for introduction of the Great Hunt. All right then, I wasn't expecting this surprise! So, yay! Uh, the reason for the Great Hunt was the price for the answer that the Ahamkara provided to the Guardians was too high. So um, there's we have examples in some of the different cards or some of the different entries that we have of Guardians going out. And like there's one where somebody's having tea with an Ahamkara and they're learning about their past and like crying. And it's kind of disturbing and so many different levels within that one. And then waning is punching something forever, essentially <laughs> because you know, waning, mm-hmm. but there it was kind of forbidden at first. And then it be, kind of became a game. And then we have like the card from D one where the uh, warlock challenges the hunter to go and take down the Ahamkara. Like they were drinking in that bar. I wish I could remember what the name of that card was. Cause it was, it's Warlock 2, I believe. Ah, yes. Such a, like interesting thing. The fact that Guardians, they can't resist not getting caught up in something powerful, either because they're going to go and try to gather something from them and get something from the item or the person or the being, or they are just utterly curious like hunters and just can't keep their hands out of the cookie jar. But Guardians, they could not resist the siren call of the Wish Dragon, so it was decided to remove the temptation completely. Ironically, by causing the Great Hunt, they expose some very um, familiar Guardians to these Wish Dragons fairly... um, Quite a bit, actually. Eris, mm-hmm. in particular, is one who dealt with the Wish Dragons quite a bit, it seems like. And as shows well up as... three or four times within the various tabs, mm-hmm. doesn't she? She's in all of the Hunter cards. Every single mm-hmm. Hunter item she's in. Either speaking, being spoken about, or... Just present. Yeah, she's there. She's in every single Hunter one, which I found really interesting. 
then that leads us into the originator of all the worry about Ahamkara, Legends 3. Well, Bife, would you like to do the honors of reading Legends 3 to kick this off? Absolutely. Sounds like a great idea. Okay, so Legends 3, also titled The Great Ahamkara Hunt. After great deliberation, it was determined that the Ahamkara be made extinct. It was not an easy decision. Power had been obtained from the bargains, and the city needed power. Knowledge had been gleaned, and the Ahamkara knew answers to questions no one had known to ask. But the price was too high, and no edict or forbearance seemed to stop guardians from seeking them out, driven by hope or vengeance or despair. The call had to be silenced, so the Great Hunt did its work. And thus, the Ahamkara were made extinct. Their call silenced, their solipsistic flatteries erased, their great design, if it ever existed, broken. Of this you can be assured, O reader mine. Hence the craziness began. Mm -hmm. Sure, totally dead. Completely dead. Nope, he's dead. Oh my gosh. Oh, reader mine, anytime that shows up in any <laughs> way, shape, or form in Grimoire, everyone freaks out. Mm-hmm. With good reason. True. True. And I actually believe my very first video I ever watched about lore was about Ahamkara. Hmm. Fun little history fact. But this card here just kind of even talks about the fact that we, it says they're extinct. It says we hunted them down, mm. but, did, but did we? Mm-hmm. Right. I but mean, did we? needless to say, in Forsaken, we are obviously proven wrong, but there's an even grander point to be proven beyond just that, having known what the bones of an Ahamkara can do. Right. So, yeah. I say bones as though it's just that. Well, the remains generally is probably a more accurate phrase. Mm. That's true. And the fact that we have more than one item in game that can whisper to you, not just the Ahamkara bones, brings to light other questions about the relation between some of the whispers that some people hear about the hive mm-hmm. and the uh, weapons of sorrow, which I granted we have not seen a, a technical weapon of sorrow in D2. Mm-hmm. But some of the same characteristics are there. Right. I think the closest we end up getting is, what, Whisper and Malfessence, probably? Although mm-hmm. Malfessence is less hive and more just taken darkness, generally. Right. True. But that leads saying us- Whisper can be argued based on, you know, what it's actually made of, or if it was, if it had any basis in a weapon from, like, what we had versus what the hive had created of it if it was right. ever created by the hive or if it is just a it, it's just zol all right here's here's what i'm thinking it's just zol looking at the gun going well guardians use these uh here you go <laughs> right it's like hmm what was powerful previously and then it just yeah. takes this great slideshow reel of us using black hammer and black spindle to defeat various false and true gods mm-hmm. yeah so yeah does it remind you of Touch of Malice in any way, shape, or form? <laughs> <sighs> yeah. uh, yes, of course. And it's, it's one of those... Gold broke those. I'm, I, like, 
I okay, it's a total side tangent. I don't want to go into it, but I always wondered what the implication of breaking touch of malice was. You know, yeah. it's it's just it's it's a very open ended little bit of the story that's just kind of like, oh, so what happened to this thing that supposedly contains the last remnants of one of the greatest gods to plague the system? Oh, that broke during Gaul's attack. Mm-hmm. You'd think that we'd be a little bit more panicked about that, right? I'm going to say, does that release Oryx back into the nether that he can come back to us in some way, shape, or form, except more right. powerful because of the fact that we then ended up putting in all of his other uh, minions into the same exact spherical thing, and then they pop back mm-hmm. out along with him? Which, if so, is bloody terrifying. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, okay, cool. So that's just roaming the system again. It's like the potential loose canister of Siva that's out there somewhere. Right. Just, okay, cool. That, that's right. that's horrors we may have to deal with at some point down the road. Nice. Uh, Sounds great. Uh, fun, fun, fun. But that takes us into some of the different weapons, speaking of, that actually use the Ahankara bones this time around. Or at least one of them does. Doesn't Thousand Voices actually have the pieces of bone within it? It does indeed. Although the... Um... I think you could potentially make an argument purely from the surface of most of the raid weapons that, except for Tekken Force and the Supremacy, mm-hmm. that some of them are actually just made and crafted with the bone itself, which you could maybe look at, but it could also just be like, hey, this is a generic kind of like Mother of Pearl-esque Dreaming City material, which, right. you know, it, it it's very much open debate on that one. I feel like it's up to what you see in the texture, but yeah, that's... There's nothing that can confirm or deny either of those things. So leave it hanging. Thousand Voices, though, I think is really clear. Yes. Especially if we look at the the ornament, though, too, which I find funny because it now looks like a fallen thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, uh, what, excuse me? Okay. <laughs> All right, then. Well, have that's any a thing, of you right? guys experienced this in the wild? The, do either of you have a thousand voices or have been shot by a thousand voices? I've never. I think I've been shot by it once. I used Thousand Voices once on someone else's account mm-hmm. uh, while I was playing Destiny uh, with the T1 guys. So I actually am in this very sad position of not having it. What I have experienced, however, is the Thousand Screams or Hundred Thousand yes. Screams. I'm not sure yeah. how we'd label that one. Well, I think they. I think they labeled it with the ornament because they called it um, what, one terrible scream. Or one terrible scream. Yeah. Which it's just. By the way. It's, well done, Bungie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> GG. Well played. You know, say they memed themselves. I'll take mm-hmm. it now. I just mm. love how 1,000 voices we have Riven herself having multiple voices at the beginning of the raid, and then we get this gun that has that title Yeah. to be... Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have ever been to a choral concert where there are a couple hundred people up singing at you. It is A immense. little overwhelming. Oh my gosh, to be a part of that as well is quite interesting. But the amount of sound waves hitting you, even though each one person cannot create so much sound, the culmination of everybody focused like that, it's you can feel it in your chest, especially yeah. when you get a bunch of guys up on stage. It's really, really immense. Well, it's also like when a... Uh... Like a an old tube TV falls and breaks. I don't know if anybody has ever experienced that, but it's oh, pretty we... well like what, like if the the uh, vacuum tube explodes, uh, it literally feels like everything got sucked into that vacuum tube, 
Like you're like everything around you, the the air around you contorts, uh, and it just feels like a bomb went off. Like that's how bad everything feels with that. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Totally. So oh, it's been so long since cathode ray tubes. Yeah, that that, that comment was okay. Anyway, it's, moving a, on. it's okay. It's I, okay. I, I I had to think about it for a second. It's just like, all yeah. right. Yep. But uh, 1,000 Voices, its thing is it's talking about languages of virus, which we have show up in different aspects in Destiny within Failsafe, possibly having a virus within her. But the fact that you can literally create a virus that infects your mind. When you hear something, the thing that comes to mind is uh, one of my classmates back in high school used to say that when somebody sneezes somebody else in the room is thinking about Abraham Lincoln. Totally not factual whatsoever, but I've never forgotten that. It's just that stinking earworm that once it gets in your head, it never leaves. Every time somebody sneezes, I can't help but think about it at this point. Oh my gosh, Blue, you Why are Why, Blue? <laughs> Why? You are Why? Mean. For context, for people who can't see our private show chat, Blue has just posted, after the minute that Earworm was mentioned, Blue posted the, a gif of Daddy Shark. And I can hear that gif, and it's terrible. I mean, a single word a will drive them of... to rage. That's, talk, I mean... Talk about a viral language of pure meaning. There you go. Daddy Shark is the darkness. Okay. Uh, yes, it's confirmed. <laughs> oh my god! God, oh, I was waiting for that one. I was waiting for that one. Oh, it makes me. <laughs> this so is happy. why he set me up to do the first one. By the way, <laughs> he set me up. Language is you a just... virus. Oh yes, it is. Do 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 do. <laughs> do you just sit there every week? Like I, I imagine you now in like an evil villain's lair, just being like, and then when. Bo- <laughs> And then when I leave, I'll be muted. And inevitably, Green is going to have to mention viral language. And she may use the phrase earworm. And if she does, oh, I've got a... I mean, I mean that's, pretty much, that's, that's pretty much between me and Blue all the time. We're trying to have, like, top meme spot. I just love this one because it's, I mean, it is, it's exactly that. It, I mean, and, and the thing is, is, like, th- this is a good explanation of language as well. As Mm -hmm, far as like, you know, what will get these random things that get stuck in your head, you know, like the, the baby shark or the daddy shark song, um, you know, the one terrible song from your high school years that you will suddenly get stuck in your head, you know, or something like that. Or like that one quote that just always bounces around, you know, there's, there's always something that does infect your mind in, in the sense of like, it just gets, it just gets stuck there. And what 1000 voices is talking about is that single word that will, and it's, it says the language is a virus that infects the minds of humans. A single word will drive them to rage or lust or weeping. Oh, for the right words said in the right voice. Oh, to see their hearts well with longing. Oh, to see their desire lay bare in their chest, so juicy and succulent for the taking. And so that's kind of tapping into what we were talking about a little bit with the anthem, right? Is that this is this is how they they get them addicted to this kind of concept is this like this this constant needing for feeding of this addiction and this needing for that that particular longing or that desire 
And, you know, that's where you see with Riven, especially, you know, like uh, you guys were saying, this is this is Riven. This is also Riven is also the Ahamkara that Mara kept away from the Awoken. And, you know, when when the Awoken or when uh, Aldrin uh, was talking to her, uh, Riven actually kind of perked up. There's a there's a there's a particular entry in the the I think it's the Awoken of the Reef. Where he like where Riven kind of like perks up because Aldrin is saying something and he can and Riven can taste the desire, and it kind of it kind of wets the tongue of that that particular Ahamkara. So there's mm. there's like this this kind of really, I don't know. I I find it fascinating. The source of their their particular source of sustenance is that is that kind of immaterial material thing. But yes, also baby shark. <laughs> they are the ultimate trolls. Great. Now, every time I think about Riven, I'm going to think about Baby Shark. I, I, why I would you do this? I'm done. a raider. I am done. My job the here is done. The, 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 podca- the podcast is over. You guys have a great week. Bye. Oh my god, no. You're right. You're right, Green. I can't think of Riven's face without... Oh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With the layers of teeth. Yep. Just like a shark. So here's the thing. I don't really <laughs> life. I'm sorry that you had to be here for this show. <laughs> the more you think about it, the more it, the more it makes uh-huh. sense. The more it makes sense. It's a problem. God. <laughs> unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Focus fire chat ruining your lore. Since 2013. I think we got to get Isakol that one for a bad destiny joke. There now. you go. Oh, oh. oh my god. No, that's, yeah, that, yeah, that, that's, is, that, is that I could see. That's right it's... there, right there. That's, that, can, you, that's can, can you imagine that? No, it'll be perfect. It'll just be freaking, um, it'll be Shirochi being to like Guardian. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't listen to her. And then it's just going to be a siren in all of the Guardian's heads singing. Like I said, oh, done. No. Podcast is over. You guys have a great week. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, move on to Shattering Bone oh, before we get stuck on Thousand Voices. Forever. <laughs> oh. Shadows Shattering Bone's a good one too. I like I like all of these are really cool because you know again it's it's actual scenes from the Great Hunt. Like I love that. I love the the veil being lifted a little bit and us seeing like mm-hmm. not not just like not just seeing, you know, these these guardians whose names we we know and you know we already have our own opinions of, um, but like and to and to see more of them, but also to see like what their you know desires or what their characters were really looking for, and kind of how they respond to them because each one kind of responds mm-hmm. to it differently. Not to mention as well, it's just the variety of fire teams that you end up getting and a lot of the weapons and the armor, mm-hmm. it's staggering because it shows you the scale of the Great Hunt too. You know, this was some of quite literally, I don't think I can be hyperbolic when saying this, the most notorious and the most famous guardians. I mean, you had everyone from um, Shinobu and Eris and some of the lesser known figures to general players, but really famous ones in law terms like Praedith, who are just 
in there, in the hunt, in the thick of it. And then you have some more recognizable names, such as Lord Shax and Commander Zavala. And it, you know, everyone was a part of this, practically speaking. It's astounding to see the scale of it. I still like Takos, which I think is uh, Apex Predator. <laughs> Takos, like, respond. It's Taka oh. and Glida. And Takos, like, can we please just shoot it? Just kill this thing. <laughs> Meanwhile, I, I love that one so much as well because of all the background lore of Pocket Infinity. Yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah. So that's yeah, a it's... discussion for when we actually get to it, I think. Um, but yeah. So Chattering Bone is the pulse rifle? Yeah, pulse yes. rifle. Uh, it tells you how much I pay attention to the actual mechanics of this game. Um, so Chattering Bone is the story of Nadia and Shinobu, uh, which are two of the Guardians, like we have just been saying. And this is actually a... Um, I would almost say this is a contest of wills insofar as Shinobu is speaking to her mother. Um, and so this kind of goes into also the, the, uh, the taboo nature of guardians looking at their past, right. And looking into their past. So, cause we know that Shinobu remembers her name from a journal that she had on her at the time of her death. Uh, similar to Bray and her her ident her um oh what was it the uh, identification her ID card tag. yeah ID tag yeah. um and so this is where you kind of see again another guardian kind of you know looking into their path and we'll also see this with Eris as well uh but this is Nadia they're having tea they're mm-hmm. sitting across from it's just oh my gosh and it mm-hmm. escalates very quickly. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. but it's just a, it's like a, a very brief glimpse into this, this, uh, this little tea party that they're having. And, uh, Nadia is basically trying to just be patient. Um, and Shinobu is having the guard, the desire from Shinobu is obviously that her mother would be there to tell her of the past. And they're telling her a story of, um, how they couldn't get her to take off a dress to to get in a bath or something i think is what it was <clears throat> yep yeah they no, it's, yeah it's yeah that. we had to tackle you to get the thing off you to get you to bathe mm-hmm. <laughs> your brother called Which you is... stink bug <laughs> okay as a young girl i can relate to this though <laughs> cuz you find that one outfit and you want to wear it all the time my sister did this with a swimsuit, a particular <laughs> Little Mermaid swimsuit. She wore it all summer long, and it was one of those things. You kind of had to chisel it off of her. But the fact that it, the serpent, the Ahamkara, takes the shape of the mother mm-hmm. is the creepiest part of this whole card, in my in my mm-hmm. opinion. I can't help but I, I, I have like this. Yeah, see, and it and it it's helped near the end where it says her mother just smiled again, all teeth and secrets. I just feel like, um, you know, like the, the, uh, the darker versions of uh, little red riding hood with the, the wolf as the grandmother and, you know, like the mm-hmm. anthropomorphized figure of a wolf dressed up as the grandmother and like the teeth and the, the dark darkness and all this stuff. That's kind of how I feel like this kind of was going on is like, it's a human figure, but it's not a human. And mm-hmm. it's and so yeah, and then of course the end of it is Nadia <laughs> unloading Pulls clip, the <laughs> unloading clip <clears throat> after clip. It feels like into this into this serpent. So this, I mean, to be 
Yeah, to be honest, it makes it makes the entire thing more tragic to a certain extent because it's just this it's the most painful of reminders, you know, and that's the total cruelty of the entire thing, you know. I, well, I, and it also goes into be... their ingenuity of staying alive. They right? they find that weakness and they they you know twist the knife just a little bit to make sure that they mm-hmm. they aren't there, which is also explains why all of these are going to be pairs or if you know there's always more than one guardian and it seems like the one guardian is you know for better or worse the bait and the other one's there to actually do the job so Mm -hmm. for instance shinobu is the bait and nadia is the uh uh is the kit the the hunter if you will right with maybe the only exception to that particular rule where it's just yeah, it's not exactly bait as in completely defenseless being uh, Saladin, if I'm not mistaken, because he mm-hmm. wishes to fight the, a dragon. The and dragon. Goes and fights a dragon. <laughs> are you we? Know? Are and, you serious? <laughs> right. And it's and it's not, it's one of those things where it's like you could say, oh, compare it to Wei Ning. But no, like, really, in this one instance, it's totally different for the fact that, you know, like, this is not one of those things where Wei Ning is wishing to punch things for all eternity. It's just one of those like, yeah, I am a knight. I want to fight a dragon. Haven't you heard the stories? Which again, by the way, that's I've got to highlight. That's a fantastic one. Go read. I'm trying to remember which one that is. Uh, that's uh, Transfiguration. Mm, the Scout Rifle. Yeah. Yes, which is which actually, actually next. I was about to say, which actually is the next one. So green, I know... Or... Ephrodite. Yeah, I was about to say. I'm pretty sure this is the Ephrodite one. Yeah, but, this but, one's the Ephrodite one. But you can do it, Beard. Okay, you, you do it. All right. Am I? Do we want to read them? Is that what we're doing? Or summarizing just them. them at which this is point. summarizing. That's what I figured. Um, Transfiguration is the uh, funniest of them all. I would argue to say. <laughs> Mostly because it is Ephrodite, and we all know that I love Ephrodite uh, very much. Mm. Some of you may take that too far, in which case you are wrong. Uh, so both Ephrodite and Saladin are fighting an Amkara, and I i don't know, like the, the back and forth between these two really makes them more and more uh, human as we kind of go by. Like, the, these two seem more human than most other Guardians do within what we have seen within uh, Destiny as a whole. And I think that is one reason that I really do enjoy the Ephrodite character is because she takes the humanistic aspect of being a Guardian and really does bring it more to the uh, forefront of uh, of what I would hope to see. Uh, that being said, she does a... She, her and Saladin are going back and forth, and I think the... The, the line here just kind of throws the whole thing in perspective. Why, in the Traveler's Crack, <laughs> did you wish to fight an actual dragon, old man? <laughs> to which Saladin, bringing up his massive axe, looks to Ephrodite and says, We are knights, Lady Ephrodite. Do you not want to be a dragon slater? Anyways, of course, he says, we are what we survive. Mm-hmm. I just, I love this little, this little line. Uh, I think, though, it does showcase a little something. If all of these uh, hunts are meant to be during the Great Hunt itself, 
that that would say that the Great Hunts may have taken form or during a time period where the Iron Lords were still kind of a thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if I really want to read it that far, but I have a I feeling that that's would. what they were going for. I mean, it's but... not even just that, but it's also the fact that when you take the Great Hunt into account and then compare what Ephrodite is doing to what she does now, the pacifism mm-hmm. is the real linchpin for that entire theory, right? Right. I'm going to say her being a combatant versus somebody that is not, and it would have had to have taken place before the Heavy Siva incident, mm-hmm. uh, which by possibly what we may have seen uh, could have been something that was happening on the very the very edge of the Dark Age, but still where the city was partially pretty well built up or being built up. Uh but yeah, that's where that's where I think we're kind of at per the moment with this one. I timeline is still a little bit fuzzy, but it's at least <laughs> a little bit more coming into focus just based on these couple cards for the Great mm-hmm. Con. I do want to pose a question to everybody about this card. Uh-huh. There is another entry about the Great Hunt where we go to, or one character goes to the Woken to try to get weapons to fight the Ahamkara. Oh, this is Joxer, I believe? Yes. Joxer, who's, yeah, I love Joxer. So Joxer goes and gets weapons. In this card, Saladin says, that's why she gave it to me. I'm the only one. Do you, now this is spin foil, just supposition, Would you suspect that Saladin got his axe from the Queen or the Awoken to help hunt the Ahamkara? That would be interesting, given the adornment that is all over said axe. That would almost say that the Iron Lords were helped or tempered by the Awoken from day one. (laughs) Which then has really interesting implications for the timeline because uh-huh. there were the earth, there were the awoken that left in the second rivening, yeah, and oh which would God, explain wow. which would explain where those axes came from, and the awoken would have to be back because isn't Eris a former awoken? It's not clear what her race yeah. is. She does have a relationship it's... to the queen, okay. but it's not clear it, whether I mean, she's like... human or awoken. Yeah, and I, I mean, like, the, arguably, she could be a human because they did have interactions uh, for mm-hmm. sure. Oh yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm trying to think of anyone else that he could be referring to, mm-hmm. and um, as far as like giving it, you know, and, as far as giving an axe, like giving a weapon, <clears throat> we do know that the Tetuans had gifted. Uh, jocks are with a crate of weapons uh now that being said it was kind of infer or implied that that crate was full of firearms um they were mm-hmm. also supposed to get it back <clears throat> yeah, yeah yeah they were supposed to bring it back after they were done uh and yeah. also who think that actually happened y- yeah <laughs> which is really which the other interesting thing is that crate of weapons was created by riven Mm-hmm. With the expressed purpose of With hunting the, down the Ahamkara, right? Because you know, Mara just... was Mara was obsessed with uh, not necessarily getting rid of the Ahamkara, but making Riven the only Ahamkara that they were aware of. Uh, that goes think, back to yeah. the unique power, uh, right? That that almost makes me think of a. Uh... 
if you will, an AK-47 situation. Uh, if you're familiar with the AK-47 and how far into human technology that weapon catapulted us, mm -hmm. uh, the whole thought and premise is that because of the time period of that weapon being produced by us, it happened right around the time of like Roswell and everything. The thought is that it was given or kind of birthed from alien technology. Now that almost makes me wonder about uh, some of the Ford, uh, some of the foundries like Amalon and so on. If they uh, picked up <laughs> on some hints and tips from those weapons, then that's a good thought. Mm. And then it's more, even more interesting considering some of the contexts in which you also see guardians like Joxa. I mean, right. on a personal character note, there's the few Drifter cards where he's basically just like kind of allows the drifter to just like grab a weapon shipment if i'm not mistaken yeah i believe that's joxer yeah redrick joxer uh yeah joxer yeah because so, you know, they it, were it, trying to put the frames back together <laughs> yeah like it's it you know it's one of those things of like it's really not out of the possibility just based on character interactions but yeah it's pretty cool what, Sorry, reading now, chat yeah <laughs> now i'm like now i'm stuck on an old theory of bearded eyes oh, about no. alien technology. Oh God! Yeah. I Why? Know. Why I did know. you? All right. Anyways, <laughs> before we start moving that whole thing, on. moving that one on, let's jump to age-old Bond, which is oh my gosh, I love this one. Which is the also song? the the quote. Well, the song is hilarious, but like the the quote on this one is also really interesting too. Because it's symbiosis, not predation, not predation mm -hmm, right. or wary one mine. Um, so it's it, it, interesting because symbiosis is not always mutually beneficial. Um, right. There, there is predatorial symbiosis. Um, so it's like, are we? Is it tricky? Is it is it a tricksy little hobbits, or is it just you know, <laughs> what is it going here? Um, the scenario here is the is what we're calling the wild hunt. Uh, Pradith, Kabir, and Pahanin. Uh, so this is taking place, arguably before. You know, actually, I'm thinking. No, you know what? I just had the random thought. We couldn't say that this is before the vault, because this could be part of a wish of one of the three. One of the three could have wished for their fire team to be back. I didn't even think I about literally that. just that literally just came and because and this is my problem because the ending is beneath <clears> the song <throat> Pradith heard static like a calm signal best not to think about it Pradith wished again and the hunt went on Pradith so is it's a causal loop yeah Pradith is caught in a in the vex thing Ooh. meanwhile so, we've got an Amkara <gasps> that is also stuck in there is that what we're well, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's that, but I, I, I almost want to say now I'm reading this as like, cause we're at the beginning of it says Pradith wished hard, wished it would never end. Right. Um, so if you know, wish once before the vault, there's no reason why this couldn't have been one of those things of like, okay, now you're trapped in time forever. Here mm -hmm. is your wish fulfilled. And it's just reliving this particular memory of the hunt over and over and over. Yeah, Could you I, imagine like, if an Ahamkara was in the vault? Oh I mean, my god. Yes, <laughs> but I don't want to. <laughs> I'm going to say, sudden, 
suddenly we see what happens with like a Riven character and how she handles being taken and how she can take that to her advantage. If we hmm. have an Ahamkara that can then take advantage of the same powers as Atheon, that would be mm-hmm. insane. <laughs> it's the, just, the it's other, just like, okay, yep. That's the other thing funny. that is, the other thing is, is that that actually brings to light the <laughs> quote here. Because it, if if it's symbiosis, it's Praetith and, uh, you know, it could be like uh, chat is right here. I think, who was it? Uh, Wicked is saying, you know, or he had a bone. If there's if Praetith has an Ahamkara bone and is stuck in the Vexel t- uh, loop, you know, it's a symbiotic relationship here. They're both keeping each other in a way alive. And so there's not predation going on from the Ahamkara. Mm, right? It's it's literally they're they're kind of like I don't know, they're I, I, I don't I haven't I to be fair, I haven't thought this through because it literally just kind of came to me when i was reading that right. again but no that that makes that makes sense honestly mm-hmm. it really does because if you're in that particular state you don't necessarily want to be lost in any part of time that you're not and right? dino like, no nope, yep yeah, that's right dino it, right? just said that dino says the wish could have been cast before the infamous vault run and that's why Pradith wasn't just deleted here's another interesting thing how do they have a classic song from old earth well, I mean, again, that's that's Are kind of just... like uh, Beard was saying the uh, the comment on was it wasn't it isn't it Nessus with it's classic rock, Nessus. which is uh, where in, Vex are it's underneath the it's like the Undercroft area in the one public event. If you hop up on the one cliff and you do a scan, it says the Vex are listening to some old uh, classic rock. Uh, at least they have good taste. <laughs> I just and found see... that one funny. Right, and now you have a driving baseline of a classic song from Old Earth, and underneath the song you hear static like a comm signal. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like it's an old echo being sent out. My brain hurts. Like an old, an old radio or something like that. I think I just, like I think I just yeah. broke my brain. Yeah. I think you broke chat. <laughs> oh my I think god. You, I think you killed us Like at this point. like A single how, iPod how... could have been preserved. <laughs> oh my god wait a minute wait a minute guardians of the galaxy says what oh my gosh yes (laughs) so what's that old line from rahul in destiny one it's like old age data pad once again filled with smut (laughs) it's just like what is it i can't remember but i know it's something like he could he translated it and he was like oh that's not a that's 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 just more (laughs) no it's like oh my god it's 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 like indignation because it's almost as though it's happened multiple times (laughs) right it's just like we had an entire society and this is what survived right oh Oh my gosh! Yeah. And meanwhile, it it would if that is the case, though. Just to kind of harp on this a little bit further, if it is the case that uh, Praetith was able to take that wish with him into the vault, and he was still able to be fed off of through that symbiosis, th- uh, poor Pahanan, poor poor possibly Kabir, because if they're also laced in with this uh, with this whole thing then that would also kind of bring up some some possible words. well either that or they're just they're just uh mirages you know because well, he wished he wished his fire team back well the ironic mm-hmm. thing behind it would be that Praetith would be the one that would have been lost to time that we know of at least throughout mm-hmm. the uh mm-hmm. the whole of that endeavor 
Meanwhile, Pahanan is said to have lost his light to Dredgenure, but not necessarily lost his life to Dredgenure. Right, true. So I'm wondering if how, like, Pahanan could have also been uh, influenced by it or otherwise, but I know we don't really have much that showcases, like, he was still there as, uh, it, within this thing outside of a, a, a mirage, as you said. Um, hmm. But yeah, I, I don't know. I... I mean, if again, a this... Ahamkara can go through Vex technology like that, well, that has but again, we have him <clears throat> described as imposing subjective will on objective reality. Oh, well, and it's as close to magic as you can find within within a good majority of it, which True. is why I think we still hold to this idea and whole light uh, concept of like Ahamkara and Worm Gods being so similar. But the way that Ahamkara do it is, of course, very different without having to impose the actual will inside of a being, being a worm symbiote, uh, versus an Ahamkara that can literally just feed off of, like, brainwaves. Uh, and that would cause some interesting <laughs> ideas, period. Uh, but then the other question comes down to if Braideth was also stuck within that loop the way that he was, uh, when was it that he had broken himself of the wish or were we the cause of that at one point or another in order for him to then communicate with us? Uh, there's, I don't know, a, a few extra layers in there, of course, we'll have to kind of dissect. Mm -hmm. My brain hurts. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is a confusing one. This like one, this one yeah, there's, there's a lot yeah. of possibilities in this one. Uh, I feel like I... we're going to be coming back to this one. Yeah, because I had thought very similar to what you had done too, just with the, um, just just with the idea and the and so on of like the com static and everything. Because that was my first thought too. Like this is this is him in the vault, and I'm like, why? Yeah, it, it's like it's but like and then it goes back to the question of like if it's him in the vault, how? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be coming back but to also... that. But also there's potential for it to have been okay so this is going to be one of those points at which i uh, maybe take it a little bit further so jump in and like correct me on this one but there's no point uh which we can tell what time it is and it sounds like a dead right. statement yeah prior to that that's true but all i mean right. to say by that is simply we don't know if this is before he was rescued or after he was rescued and right. we also if i'm going to be completely honest like I, I feel like it's fair to say this we don't know what him being rescued has technically sort of done and right. it really wasn't rescue so much as just remembering him so it's mm -hmm. just yeah I... well no, i do like i do like dino i do like dino's point though because if this was a wish that he had made inside the great hunt and so like you know let's say he made this wish that it would never end because that seemed to be the wish and then mm -hmm. he had a bone from that hunt with him in the the vault then, then technically it would never end. Like, I mean, there's there's a lot of, like, looping possibilities there as well. Oh, right. they had so much fun writing this one. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> you can yeah, just tell, dude. You can, you can yeah. just tell. <laughs> well, God, the, other, the other implication of, like, Praetith being saved beside is the the soul or, or otherwise the only thing that is needed for an Ahamkara to impose its will. Right. That just adds on to another layer of, like, uh, what is going on. Yeah, and then it goes back to your also your question, 
too about is the ahamkara even are they even able to penetrate the the you know and, and this that brings up an even bigger well, question about is it actual time travel like are we in a multivert like you know that whole argument right. as well Right. I'm going to say, can they pierce the veil of time? Can they act as Gorgons in a way? Can they act as Atheon? Uh, is there something else that really kind of teams with them between the the thought that we had before of the distributary or perhaps of them being uh, very closely related to void dragons and so on? Uh, like, that's the that's still the issue with Amkara as a whole, is that we, we understand a little bit more of their physiology with them being... Uh, shapeshifters the way that they are but that's about as far as it kind of goes like we know that they can take on so many ways but how they can still influence those elements is still just well they do it with their mind you know that and, and i can kill you with my mind you know it's a it's a river moment there for a second um that's about as far as it kind of stems as, as far as i am understanding from from everything that's kind of showcased so far. So again, points back to what I had said before, where I wonder if they, um, they are now, uh, yeah, goodness. If they only need like the, the spirit of a person to impose their will on them. That's what I just, I, I kind of wonder. So before we go down that rabbit hole too much more nation of beasts, uh, this mm-hmm. is uh, this is another you know kind of Stand cult off. following cult following guardian here with the Lu Fang and uh, is it Orosis or Orosis? How do you pronounce that one? Oros. Oros. Yeah. That one. Big O. Um, the Sunbreaker leader, yeah. right? Sunbreaker. Uh, yes. So it is third the, Imperial Magistrate. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then and then also <laughs> the. The terrible naming inventor of all the, the <laughs> weapons that we or the weapons and armors that we get there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it was because they renamed the Sunbreakers to what are they? I don't Sunbracers. know. Sunbracers. Sunbracers. Yeah. Sunbracers, yes. Just because I'm uh, angry titans. Right? Angry, angry titans. Yeah. And then it's the sunshot. Oh my gosh, Lufay. <laughs> like, <laughs> the grief that they gave her. It's just like, what? It's. <laughs> It shoots the sun. It's yeah. Like, you know. It's like, can we can we come up with some better names here? Maybe. No. All right. That's fine. Uh, this mm. is uh, what I what I refer to as the uh, Conan scenario. Uh, it's a room full of mirrors, and they have to shoot everything, <clears throat> just like Conan the Barbarian. Um, to figure out which one's the real one, mm-hmm. and then like. I don't. I don't know. I. I don't really. I. I think they get bored. Is kind of how I read this card. Is like Oros is just. She's just like I am done. Like this. Well, this is dumb. Like they can't teach us anything. Oros is, uh, so, like solution to the whole thing, and then Lu Fang is just like whatever kind of thing. <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Because could you feel the heat of the footage on my skin? Lufang's just like, I just make guns. Yeah. I just shot people. I, just, I don't I know. Just, I just <laughs> work here, literally. <laughs> I just work here. <sighs> so, but this is also a point here that it was uh, the Sunbreakers were actually involved in the Great Hunt as well. Which, I mean, that's not a huge surprise given they're, they're being mercenaries. Yeah. 
Mm. But even so, it just like it highlights a very interesting point, which is how desperate the mm, entire right. operation was seen as. You know, I mean, for starters, it's you, you could always kind of tell because it's not really the thing for Guardians to do to order a genocide willy nilly. Um, and that, let's be honest, that's entirely what this was. This was genocide. But the more important point of all of that is just you have figures that have disagreed with the Sunbreakers left, right, and center within the tower. I mean, you know, it's it's one of these things of you found Sunbreakers who are potentially guarding Osiris back in Destiny 1, or at very least bore some of his emblems. And furthermore than that, you think about what Commander Zavala said and how they did not get along. It's right. Yeah, it only shows the sheer desperation of this move. So it's huge on that front. Mm-hmm. And that question would bring about, Oh yeah, go for it, go for it. About the well tyranny of heaven, because I'm just gonna oh, okay. dive into this one. Is this mm-hmm. the moment that she gets roped into the Vanguard Dare? Is no, this, the, this is the moment that no. she loses. She, she she's loses gone. and dies. She yeah, she, she was dies. a mentor. Okay. Mm. This is this why is why everyone, yeah. This is this is why everyone refers to Tallulah as a badass because yep. she gets eaten and she doesn't scream. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. It's oh, um. So yes, yeah, this is so Tallulah Fairwind and Caliban Eight, uh, which I love the fact that Caliban's wearing a green green dealer's cap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It just makes me just oh my gosh. Um, it I seems mean, aside like, from that, it's a bit of a tragic. It, scene. It's a very voice. tragic yeah. scene, but I just like I like I just like it's just a random tidbit of detail that it's just like oh my gosh. Um, well, I kind of took it as to say between the two parties, Caliban was the one that was kind of just the the mediation? middle one, if you will. Yeah, he oh, was the uh, versus. If you look at Tallulah, the Amkara they're the ones that are kind of going up against each other. Meanwhile, Dealer has the potential to always win. Yeah. Mm. The other thing is, Caliban's such a stinking tragic character. Poor guy gets turned into a crystal later on. I mean, seriously? Hey, he gets a fire team named after him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Sorry. Yeah, that... That's that's a tragic story as well, sadly. Uh, Takeo. Mm-hmm. Which is also also another figure. I do like the fact that we get like multiple different uh nicknames for Tulula between Caliban and mm-hmm. uh is it uh Micah? Like mm-hmm. they yeah. each have their own like it's almost like a uh um I can't remember I don't know what it is. Pet name type thing? Yeah, pet name for for their like because you can tell that they're all very close with each other don't you do this lula don't you leave me here i can't do it hmm wow there's just a there's something in that that makes this tragic romantic inside me just have a little bit of a heartstring mm-hmm. moment well it Ugh. also mean it also kind of tells like i i don't know this but i kind of read this as caliban is is the new next vanguard because she says a dare is a dare. Good luck. Yep. Which is mm-hmm. so I that's where that's where I was like, like, I think like that was kind of the thing was the dare was whoever survived the <laughs> the card game, right? Mm. Like I, I mean, say, you would see it more as like here's Tallulah, then it would be Cal, then maybe it would be uh, Andal. Andal. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, if that's the case, the other possibility is that it's just literally one of those things of, as Cade puts it, when hunters make a dare or when they make a bet, they take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Like they, they treat it very honorably. Right. So that's one of these things of maybe the dare is simply something that's been made with the Ahamkara. And as a result, when she loses and she, you know, goes all in and then doesn't have the cards on the river, that's kind of sad, you know? And it's just like, yep, okay, I accept my fate. It's the honorable thing to do, even though the dragon is going to eat you. It's just, wow. You know? I was going to say she knew the stakes from point of start to point of end, regardless of if it was a card game or her life. Mm-hmm. Indeed. That that that's the thing though. We don't have like a lot of uh entries on Tallulah, but just mm-hmm. this one alone gives us so much about her character, it's insane. Mm-hmm. That's called that's called well written right there. Yeah. That's mm. I, I love this entry because of that. Not to mention as well, it just it paints a really neat little picture of what the Vanguard or rather sorry, what Guardians would have potentially been like sometime before you know it goes back to what was said in the taken king there are lost arts to guardians and sometimes we can rediscover them and apparently archery is one of them you know not so much just in the shadow shot variant either but just plain old-fashioned physical bow and arrow well and that makes sense too because the hunter i mean even within uh tevis's quotes about the night stalker from d1 it was kind of that was kind of uh hinted at too hmm Mm. Yeah. So, so but gonna, yeah, I love I love this. A tyranny of heaven is a really good one too. Are we mm. going to revisit the vault of glass with Apex Predator? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is oh it... no, oh no, no! Why did you say that? I mean, it's just the pocket of infinity. I don't know what's the problem. Yeah, but I'm just thinking back on what we just got done doing with Prada. <laughs> I know, but look I at love... this. The massive Vex construct that was the Ahamkara towered over them. I Is also love the fact lie? that I love the fact that Taiko doesn't like Kalida on the yeah. fact that she has two names. She's bored. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, they've always been a little pretentious. <laughs> it's like I might have read this into it purely from the way that the um purely from the way the card is phrased, but I, I I guess I just imagined it, really, because there's nothing that really supposes it, but I thought of this as a Hydra, as opposed to anything else. Oh, again, I feel that's, yeah. It's possible. I mean, it's, it's just, I, the only thing you get is the Mass Effect's construct. And like, the well, construct and the, shifted the its superstructure. Mm-hmm. I feel like shifted is one of those words which you'd apply to the sort of well, even then, I don't know. That's totally yeah. Or that's the, entirely my own. Isn't, isn't the is it the site? Is it Cyclops? Is that the one that's the the big eye? The Cyclops is the turret. Yeah, yeah, the turret yeah. thing. That was the only thing well, that I you're, thought of. Unless you're also thinking like a Panoptes type because of what we just got done seeing. Oh like yeah, that's thing. true. Oh, though Panoptes would be more of a a Hydra variant, wasn't he? He would be a variant kind of? thereof, but he's like yeah. a mix between Hydra and, and, a, and a mind. Oh, that's yeah. true, because the Templar they, was more of the... Yeah. I'm going to say, they're they're basically Templar-like minds, but they've got arms, too. Like mm-hmm. That's so, what it kind of seems like, in a way. Cause, so the uh, hint for it is potentially all in the ventral plate. Right, rear ventral yeah. plate, implying yeah. that it's at the back, but it's also on the underside. And I feel right. like, consider That's the structure fair. of something like a Minotaur, it's less likely. 
Whereas something which is close to Panoptes or something which is close to a Cyclops, yeah, absolutely. Or uh, what was it? Uh, the raid layer was it? Uh, the dog Argos. Oh, Argos. Mm. Argos, yeah. I'm not, you say the was... dog, and I was confused, but no, absolutely the dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, very good boy. <laughs> or Dindrin. Dindrin's yeah. another one, yeah. Because Dindrin was more of a mobile Cyclops. Mm. He was a giant yes, soccer actually. ball. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yes. No, that actually makes a lot more sense, too. Either way, I, th- I think we can safely land on not a Minotaur, I guess. Yeah, I think this other the other thing that this reveals is that the uh, the reason why we're seeing so many names in here is because they drew lots. So because Taiko is like she references back to <laughs> the porcelain shit she drew back at the tower because there is no reason that she would be with Galida otherwise Mm -hmm. she like she's like oh my god i don't want to be here um Mm -hmm. and so that's also again going back to the the reference of like all hands on deck right it's it's not only are which also goes into you have to be with another person because in this situation excuse me in this situation you know galida is always obviously the bait and takos here is (laughs) I love the ending. Girls got to eat. Um, mm-hmm. Like the Taiko is the the catalyst to actually make sure that something gets done. You know, I think that's kind of the the two the it's uh, the the two two. Uh, oh gosh, I just blanked on it. Two factor authentication um, ah. for the destruction of the Ahamkara because otherwise the one alone would get caught. Might have just a, gone out and grabbed power. Yeah, yeah. you know, like Pradith got caught in a loop. Oh boy. <laughs> Pradith always gets caught in loops. That's, that's, uh, uh, poor Pradith. <laughs> but I think I think that's the last of the weapons, right? Mm-hmm. Or, well, last um, of the specific scenarios. I mean, uh, there's a couple more raid weapons, but they're not referencing they're not it. related so much. You <laughs> can go into think... something like, yeah, Tekken Force or Supremacy, but... Even yeah, because the yeah. supremacy is talking about Aldrin, and then Tekken Force is the establishment of the Tekkens. Mm-hmm. So that's not not yep. referencing really the Great Hunt. Um, then we have the armor sets, which you know we we have a great clip of the Titan set by Beard. I, I really oh appreciate that audio clip of Beard reading, reading the, the, the Mark the, the Great Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> And the helmet stayed on. Oh. Mm-hmm. I might have, might have, <sighs> might have a little MP3 file for anyone who's interested in that. There's going to be someone out there. You, you guarantee. <laughs> I don't know uh, who, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Liz. Uh, anyways, um, so yeah, and like the obviously no. the, different, no. the different, the <laughs> different different sets uh, here really the titan actually really doesn't deal with a lot of the great hunt um as much as it's more about like the development of the wishing wall uh the the warlock set actually kind of goes into the the bargaining again not really so much about the great hunt specifically whereas the hunter actually the hunter set actually does kind of go into it insofar as it's 
pretty much a uh, a documentation by Eris, really, it seems, of the various different things. And you get some really cool little scenes uh, with Eris. Uh, there's the one with Ikora, and then there's the one with uh, Shax. And Zavala. Mm. Is is Zavala the one with Shax, though? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. like they're they're both like they're both present. like yeah. watching Shax. They're like, what is he doing? It actually makes me love Shax just a little bit more in that card. Oh that yeah, one is yeah. Oh, I love that's grips. The, uh, that's think, the yeah. grips. Oh my god, mm-hmm. the, the explosion. Mm-hmm. I love that. Is he gloating? I think he's too pragmatic <laughs> to gloat. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then Shax is like shh. <laughs> but yes, but, but that was after it blew up like yeah <laughs> as the flame quietly roared but uh, the other thing that's interesting about the armor set is you find throughout all of these cards the talk about the whispering mm-hmm. they're starting to notice it they don't notice it at first mm-hmm. until it's too late essentially and then the well, uh-huh. and you also find that uh, the re- this is possibly an explanation of how she managed to survive. Yes, the little bone that she has, mm-hmm. it, because mm-hmm. the uh, cloak is the is actually a recollection of Eris after the great disaster. Um, it actually does give us a bit of a timeline here. Uh, because it says the great disaster years after the hunt. Um, and this is after the failure of the fire team against Crota. Uh, and so she actually is talking, she's out of ammo. She's, you know, out of moves, uh, with the exception of one. And she pulls out the Ahamkara bone and, uh, that's when, what is it? She's already. She's. It sounds like she's already done whatever it is that she do, did to her eyes, um, but she still wasn't able to find her way out. And then all of a sudden, you know, assuming that that was the wish that she made, that is where uh, she suddenly found the way out was because of a wish mm-hmm. against the bone. incredible implications for all of it mm-hmm. but also it makes you really wonder then how long has eris been inside of the Hellmouth? because this <laughs> she's know, it's, really it's of, familiar with that that particular like, geography it's, it's right the other and it's, it's one of those things of like she was in there for years so it's like right. was this one of those things of she knew the danger and she just decided against all sort of common sense at that point and against most fair warnings, like, okay, this is my last resort. I've just got to do this. She also, well, this also gives us clarification of timeline a little bit more. Right, right. Great hunt happened before Crota. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, the, uh, the, the side thing that I like that they did here too, they didn't really go into how long outside of like countless cycles both Eris and Mindbender spent in the Hellmouth. Mm-hmm. They made a specific point to keep that timeline out. So I'm wondering how long it takes for them to actually incur or be incurred by the powers of the Hive or how that was all influenced on it. It also showcases two different ways that it was worked out with because both were technically like touched by light in one way, shape, or form. Eris may have lost her ghost. She still had light, but then so too does this... Uh, 
does this fallen drake that could have ended up falling down into the Hellmouth. Uh, but they both did different things with that power. One embraced it, the other feared it. Mm. And both ended up being rather consequential in one way or another to the story. Absolutely. Although, without a question, Eris is far more sort of... <laughs> I, I feel like any statement I say is now going to be an understatement, but yeah. Yeah, I gotta mm-hmm. say, especially with Eris, considering she's still kind of there doing things with us, even if she's not directly doing so. Hmm. You know, actually, something Chat just said. Do you think that's where Shaq's got the Ahamkara skull? I think it's possible, but again, it with the previous card, I presume you mean the grips, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, where where he's like sitting, petting it while it's while he's while it's dying. Because he, you know, he has the giant dragon skull above. Right. above he still has it. He he's had it for a while now. So I, I was just. Uh, I mean, the, Shea, I, Shea I'd agree if it chat. wasn't. I'd agree were it not for the um, shack sat silently in the resulting crater line, right. which that's imp- true. It did sort of kind of blow there's not up. Much left. <laughs> it did kind of blow up on him. Or it could have been Sorry? like you know yeah. the Skyrim, you know, Speaking the Skyrim of- disintegrations. Speaking yeah. of that, that dragon that has been there since D one, how did he get it out of the tower again? Oh, what you mean the old tower? Yeah, did he just go in afterwards and scavenge the thing and put it's it up Shaxx. again? It probably that's probably I mean, exactly what he did. And or everyone... does he have like he's got this whole room of just <laughs> Ahamkar balls off to the side? Isn't that she isn't that it. in uh, Game of Thrones? They have that. Underneath oh, yes. the, isn't that underneath the, where they have like yeah, all the skeletons the or whatever? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, I did the read the first the book. Was born, its skull was the size of an apple. Yeah, I can. See, yeah. Oh yeah, because yeah. the uh, the vest is where you get waning's insanity. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Where she's just punching and punching and punching and punching. Yes, <laughs> Eris. And Eris is like, stop, you psychopath. Uh... <laughs> we have six others to handle the fact that her wish was for to never stop essentially confession time confession time I love that that's another card that everyone should read if they have a chance because it's Mm -hmm. hilarious Mm. But that's also green where you were mentioning the whispers. This is also where you kind of get the feeling that this is where they start noticing something because mm-hmm. they weren't aware of it because she thought she, it says she thought she heard waning whisper. And then she asked waning, did you say something? I was about to ask you, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which still brings up, of course, that good old fashioned idea of, did they really kill them? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going back to the, well, cause you also see, I think is that, uh, uh, strides is yeah with Ikora uh, at the Ikora end. is hovering over them. Yep, she which hears also first, but she ignores them. By the way, yeah. the concept that is introduced in strides at the end is terrifying because it says yeah, it together the guardians summoned a storm of light that consumed the bones around them. Warlocks be scary. No, no, together. So it was Eris and Ikora. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, so we have seen elemental versions of light 
or elemental uh, manifestations of light, but this makes it sound like it's a it's a literal storm of pure light. It could be just their supers both going off and then taking over everything within the radius. Because if you have a what should, blade dancer like Eris, and then depending on which version Ikora uses, whether or not it's the uh, Nova Bomb or any of the others, really, the there's going to be is kind a, of what I would yeah. think. Right, mm-hmm. so there's going to be a ton of light and flashing, and it's going to feel like a storm because of how much is going on. It's just... It I don't know. Interesting I, it's just, if Eris yeah. were able to call down her light differently, even as a hunter like that, given what she is able to do with the different uh, measures of words and so on that we now know of with her, that would imply that she has been a very different hunter from day one. She does get in one of the other cards. It does mention she uses her blade dancer abilities. Uh, that was the right. waning one. Yeah, she mm-hmm. blinks. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she blinks and then you yeah unsheathes a blade. Right. It makes me think that I just I mean like the... the the way that they say summoned a storm of light, like not of yeah, arc no, exactly. It's it's right. but like that that little nuance there just makes me wonder, you know. With it's it's kind of the Captain Planet scenario with our powers combined situation, you know, like if you harmonize potential manifestations of light, do you get a more pure uh, uh, wavelength of it? Mm-hmm. You know, because we have we have characters such as like the Fulminator, for example. Now, the Fulminator right. is more pure arc. It's not she mm-hmm. or it's not really. I mean, arguably. It's light, but it's the it's like the the uh, pure manifestation of arc. Where, but I mean, like, so we have like these pure forms of elementals, and then you have like the the void things and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, so arguably, light is manifested as that particular element. There were those particular elements, but that implies that there is something more than those elements that is being manifested. You know, in a in a mm-hmm. transcendent way, and so mm-hmm. and then the other reason that I kind of was this kind of like kind of pricks my curiosity is that they it goes on to say that they ignored the whispers, but the voices grew louder, harsher as the maelstrom progressed. Soon they couldn't tell the difference between the whispers and the storm. Now again, mm-hmm. going back to what you're saying, Green, I I do see that being maybe an a uh, alliteration or a metaphor like of like because because you do have the reference of storm callers being you know the hurricane Uh, maelstroms are referenced a lot with those but i I mean it's just again if they were doing that i feel like they would call out like arc specifically because it would just be just I, i don't know i i just find that particular phrasing oh yeah no it's it's entirely possible but yeah, sorry. I I was just like I'm like I'm I that that particular nuanced phrase mm-hmm. is just like oh man, it's really hard to ignore, it right? Is. And yeah, and this is also where uh, Eris mentions that the Ahamkara are actually the source of her knowledge prior to her being a guardian. Mm-hmm. Now. That ties into truth. Is it truth to power? I think. Yeah, but that. Mm, but that's that's a rocky mm. road as well because we don't 
you know, there's there's the whole Medusa thing going on, and that whole end. that's a huge debate as well. Um, Which makes you wonder if Medusa is an Ahamkara that transformed into a Vex-like thingy, and then then another rabbit hole. It's just too many well, rabbit holes. It also, I mean, right. and and this also kind of goes into into the same card right here in the strides. Oh. Because Eris is saying everything they say is true, and Ikora actually rebukes her, and she says, sentiment like that leads to morbid places. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like, be careful, because just because it sound, just because it's what you, and uh, you saw that with Shinobu's scenario, too. Um, she's with like, the mother situation. With the mother, because, uh, uh, oh God, I just blanked, Nadia says mm-hmm. she's mm-hmm. lying to you because that's what you desire. So that's just because wish. you're yeah, just because you're hearing something doesn't mean that that's the truth. It means that's what you want to hear. Right. The last one has quite a bit of implication as well. Depending especially on when it happens. The mask. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, that's yeah. Which because it's also this, is that, go is for, go that for. the one where Eris communicates with the, the queen yeah. with Mara. Mara. She yeah. calls her Mara too. That's the other thing. It's like she's right. very familiar. She's with not her. a Mara is not a foreign entity to her. No, it's it's and, also really funny because you get the fact that the Nadnots are authorized. I love I love that 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 little tidbit. Uh, he says one of our warlocks stared into the paracausal phenomenon that formed over the Ishtar Academy and shot himself. Parentheses: He is not an authorized Thanatot. Mm-hmm. I was like, <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> They're like, what is he doing? Like, he's not mm-hmm. supposed to be doing this. Like, dude, what the hell? That's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that call out makes me giggle, but it just was like, I was like, oh my gosh. Also, um, this seems to be such a, quite a bit later because it mentions the war cult. Mm-hmm. Mm. The Which other... brings up another really, really important question. And this is something that bugs me generally about the hunt. Do you reckon, instead of being a concentrated period of time over which it took place, that it was just a general effort that eventually led to victory way down the line? I would say I would lean more towards the second one on that because we do have the card that mentions a year into the Great Hunt. So we know that it's at least lasted a year, but it doesn't necessarily say that they all went out together. There, All these cards have references to two or three people mm-hmm. engaging with them, not necessarily a huge amount of Guardians going out like we'd had on, a, on the moon with the Crota fight. Mm-hmm. I think that's also a very important thing between both the armor and the weapons and how they reference, like, here with the armor we have longer implications or a longer story versus with the weapons we have individual stories that kind of uh, get spattered among it all. Some being right. the uh, the reason, perhaps, like in Tallulah's and Caliban's case of being a possible reason that the hunt had started, possibly even the first reason that it had started, uh, and then it kind of carrying on throughout time. Uh, I think that's why it is kind of important to at least showcase like how the Great Hunt was versus the ones that are the raid weapons that are still in reference to Ahamkara, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, I Do mean, you know- even the Order 66 didn't take place in a single instance, right? 
right, right. and that's and that's that pretty much sold. what this is is an order 66 right. of ahamkara so do well, we and know a, and a good, what a good majority of like genocide related events or very similar within <laughs> history it does take time I really yeah i'm gonna say it was I, I i i found that i even had to bring that up uh it was something that uh if if we look at like old greece and everything like that of course it's like the persians and how mm-hmm, they were kind of mm-hmm. handling or even fighting back of course with the uh with the spartans and so on if we just want to call that up very quickly uh that didn't that wasn't an overnight idea at all like whatsoever uh so just to pull like additional from uh another another point in time another point in history just to kind of reference it do we know what they did to venus this card uh, references there's so, still so much we can learn from them but what they've done to venus dot 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 i mean yeah what- that i have no idea on and that's something that's bugged me too because it implies so much more well, well, but right. there is. We, Sorry, we also think back on a certain person called Albios, and of course, I always think back to what or the reason that he was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the other thing mm-hmm. is is that there is another mention to them doing stuff on Venus in the card where they're going to get the weapons, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Joxer. Uh, Joxer makes a comment about it, and the Tetuan kind of offhandedly doesn't really correct him but like makes like there's like no like he's like oh gosh i'm gonna have to go look it up now uh it's in one of the warlock ones yeah it's uh i think it's either that or in titan sorry Mm -hmm. i'll look for it you keep talking but there's there is another comment about what they're doing with uh venus specifically so there is Venus is kind of there does seem to be kind of a focal point for the Amkara on Venus. And it could be a climate thing because, you know, again, the the uh, five lives of Albios uh, where he kind of you have that that almost myth of him going out and seeing the Ahamkara. Um, there's that whole thing, too, uh, which I think is what you're kind of talking about there, Beard. Uh-huh. Don't I just do it the smart way and just search for Joxer? Yeah, I was going to say that'll be your quicker search between either that or Red. Uh, and I was going to say Redrex, but he's not there. Um, real quick, would be the, the plate uh, of the Great Hunt. Real quick, uh, Rexy in chat is asking: Zavala doesn't like the idea of Guardians as an army. Uh, so, do you think it's Zavala would send out a lot of Guardians to wipe them off the map? Well, real to kind of respond to that. Zavala doesn't view the idea of Guardians as an army in particular context of what is going on in Forsaken. I would argue that Zavala does exactly actually view the Guardians as an army, but his use of that army is not a uh, for revenge. We're not we're not assaulting. We're not assaulting. We're defending. Um, And also Zavala is not in control at this time of the Great Hunt. Uh, so there's that we know. well so, and even if he was he doesn't have the authority to make that call that is a call by the consensus to to actually do something of that nature even the great disaster was not a single person making the call it was mm. voted on by the consensus now there was disagreement <coughs> shacks um, shacks <laughs> had a big problem with it uh, mm-hmm. and rightfully so but but even then, it was the consensus that dis- that made the approval to do it. So again, with even even with that, 
you you do have a a bit of a um uh, democracy is a bit of a strong word for it but a a, a literally a consensus council. yeah it's right. a council yeah. that reaches the consensus to then go forward with something and you saw that within the ghost fragment uh, uh legends 3 and it said even when forbidden however the guardians sought the wish dragon so it was decided to remove the temptation so it's again it's not so much um any one figure, whether that was Zavallo or Saladin or the Speaker or, you know, pick your uh, Saint-14, you know, whoever, it wasn't necessarily just that one particular person. It was a group decision by the city that the the temptation was too powerful. Mm-hmm. You ready for another scary thought? Another scary connection? The Joxer card, the plate of the Great Hunt. It's on Venus. The Ahamkara are blasting and paving entire regions of Venus, he said. They wouldn't be so base. They're rewriting Venus. What else occurs on Venus that another race that we fight against that has been known to try to rewrite things? Yeah, now that was my first exact thought as well. I, I don't know where they're kind of leading with that. but Zerg! <laughs> You're right. It's... It... The Vex. <laughs> blue. Look blue. Yeah. So we it know was what Sir is a combination of so many cells, but you stop. You stop. <laughs> that's why it was that's... honestly one of those it, it was one of those things that bugged me so much because I sat there and I was like, I know they are hinting towards Vex in this, but mm-hmm. surely they aren't. Like, no, come on, like really. Like how do how do how do we how do we like what's the wording I'm looking for? Reconcile, reconcile? It? yeah how do you reconcile that with everything we know about the vex and how do we ha- yeah it's just, it, rabbit hole the other <laughs> thing is yeah. is like if they're paving entire regions of venus now granted we may not have may not have been in any of the regions of venus that the ahamkara paved but mm-hmm. technically as our guardian was so new in d1 we wouldn't have known the difference so if they're rewriting things the Ishtar Academy is there. There's so many things on Venus that are really consequential consequential to the lore specifically that causes so many issues if the Ahamkara are the ones creating the reality in which we are existing in at this point. Now all I have in my head is the Ahamkara first Vex. Because both, both are, are trying, both to, are trying to rewrite reality. One is being subjective, while the other one's trying to impose a, a, a convergence. So, like you have, I mean, you have, you have the the duel, the the duel between convergence and chaos. Yeah, because the Ahamkara are subjective will upon objective reality, and the Vex, in a way, are objective reality upon subjective will. Hmm. And it's not um, like we yeah. haven't seen battling yeah, philosophies in Destiny at all before. Right. What? There's none of that. What are you talking about? Oh, um, in addition, every explanation that, though, is simple. So sorry, bit. Go ahead. That's all right. I was uh, I was going to just comment on like the uh, the spots that have been like paved away on Venus or whatnot. Uh, I'm just thinking back on. Uh, on what we know about ghosts and the uh, and the network that they have of information that they keep up on each other, I'm wondering if our ghost would know a little bit about that too. Mm. Might have been able to to at least fill in some of the blanks for like 
Yeah, and here we see a spot that Shaq's pummeled into the ground because of, uh, you know, the Ankara hunt. And, of course, our guardian just goes, the heck is that? (laughs) Because it's our guardian. (laughs) Listen. So I'm going to call... Pulled pork needs to be left alone, okay? Oh, my God. No, no, no. Okay, we're not going into that. We're not going into that. Never, ever, never, ever. Well, eventually. But not not this week. All will be revealed in time. Yes. Be patient. Be patient. Uh, No, none of that. Shame on you. There's more, Beard. There's so much more. I know you're avoiding spoilers, but... Uh, Yeah, I know. I know. Um... Okay, I'm going to call back to something we talked about at the very beginning of the podcast with Saladin. Blue had mentioned that, the, or I had mentioned and Blue kind of tag-teamed with me on this one about the container con- containing weapons that Joxer gets from the Queen in this card. The container contains not only uh, rifles, but also <laughs> close-quarter weapons. Weapons. Yep. So theoretically, it could have been Saladin's battle axe that he never gave back. Exactly. <laughs> he never gave well, mine. It's mine now. now. Now the question, otherwise, is would would Joxer have even told them that they have to give them back? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And the other... it could, it, like what we know of Joxer, otherwise, and how he is with loot and whatnot, and how easily swayed he is with Drifter. <laughs> like he could have just been like, "Yo, I don't care. I'm gonna keep this stuff." Mm-hmm. This is great. It's fine by me. I was guns. Yeah, just really. guns is crazy. Slightly mm, drunk sounding ish. There's weapons in this in this box. You guys want some Jackson. weapons? What do you mean I can't shoot the guns? I like the pew pew. And they were all quiet. That's the other thing to keep in in mind. They're silent killers in the night. All these weapons were meant to be quiet, not loud, bangy ones. Now, granted, the axes aren't exactly quiet in mm-hmm. Rise of Iron. What are you talking well, about? It's very quiet plume of flame in the air. Oh my An God. axe is very quiet. When you imbue it with solar energy, maybe not so much. Yeah, mm-hmm. at least it doesn't sound like the mall. The mall yeah. is way too loud. Oh, you don't like the gong? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Halfway across tink, the map tink, and it sounds tink, like tink. right next to you. It's not even tink tink at that point. It's just like, <laughs> I'm going to say it's just like, wait. Wait, who who's announcing the approach of the emperor? Huh? What? <laughs> Where do I need to bow? Well, well, hang mm-hmm. on. Wait, I need to make sure I'm not branded a heretic. Where is he? <laughs> mm. Oh man, goodness! Forty K um, references. Ah, I... yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like how you two got exactly what uh, that was wrong, and I'm just sitting gosh, here. I'm just ignoring it. I'm just <laughs> ignoring it. Absolutely ignoring it. Oh my mm. gosh! Biz and I are going to there goes there goes the there goes the chat. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Ring the pain. It's ring over. the pain bell. Ring the pain bell. Oh, stop. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I think that's actually all of the items specifically so far that we've gotten. Yeah. Um obviously Minus very series. very brief summary of most of them because there was there's quite I guess, a bit. I gotta say, considering there's also more that also still talk about uh other Amkara that we kind of see 
Uh, mm -hmm. Bife, I know that one of your recent videos was on one of them, in fact. Azarim, which, mm -hmm. yeah. The, so this is one of those things where I think I've got to relate it back because Azarim's story is very open ended. There very. is no resolution as to what happens to Azarim himself. So <laughs> it's one of those moments where you have to acknowledge what Shirochi said earlier. Again, it's like, if an Ahamkara survived, if. It's just like, hey, we know of Alhamkara that at least exist, and it's not something where you can fill in the holes, but if Bungie wanted to, they could. Yep. So it's it's neat that that's there, I think is what yep. I would probably leave it with. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that uh, that calls up quite a few questions about where the Alhamkara, if there are, uh, what, what ones are remaining or otherwise, if there are any, where they're hanging out, what they're doing, etc., uh, obviously, of course, there are still other relations to the Nine. We see so many different relations to uh, what has been said of, like, the Legends 1 card uh, for the Nine and how that pertains back to a few extra things. Um, there, oh god, Blue, please, no. Right? Why did you have to bring right? up the dreaded no, word? Why did no. you bring up the name? I didn't even Blue. do it this time. It's not my fault. He, so we he, all... he, he brought up the N-word. Not that one. Wow, not that one. Oh, oh, He said He said All right. Back to oh, clarification wow. on that one. <laughs> he all right. He he poked the bear <laughs> and said Nezarak. That's how we're going to put it as. Uh, now the thought of Nezarak as an Amkara is stuck in my head. Blue, no. Bad. <laughs> Bad. At this point, the thought yeah. of any of the characters, any of the enemies being an Alhamkar is way too easy to entertain at this point. Yep. But it it can it can be it could be e easily said, especially if it's going to be something like Golden Age and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Now mm -hmm. all of a sudden, my AK forty seven weapon reference makes total sense. Mm -hmm. Clovis Bray, what? Ay, ay, ay. Mm. Oh my lord! That was more Hive. But anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, just to just to kind of like sprinkle it out there, like there are there are just a lot of other Ahamkara references that we didn't necessarily go over here. Obviously, yes. we're focusing on the Great Hunt in particular, and how characters were kind of like uh, played with on them, uh, how they were uh, otherwise uh, formed throughout it, how the Great Hunt kind of went. But that's about like our our whole deal here. We're not looking for anything other than what had gone on during the Great Hunt. And again, with the implications of the Nine, the other characters that are otherwise associated with Amkara, Amkara themselves, and how we don't necessarily know too much more about their physiology past them being the uh, shapeshifters that they are. And then, of course, talking about some of the stuff that we did with Riven uh, last time, uh, there are plenty of other things that you can dig into with the Amkara that still give you enough hints to finally go by with them past oh they're just dragons like mm -hmm. we finally have information on them which is just absolutely superb mm -hmm. uh so mm -hmm. to any and all of you that are out there that just got done listening to this i hope you got something out of it that uh can help along with your theories because in the end that's the most important thing about any new info we get i think with the great hunt and how that all kind of pertains uh, back to how it either influences us or otherwise. At least for me, that's what I wanted to highlight. Uh, and I hope you got a little something more out of it, which is your theories on Amkara, because we all know that's a very big deal for, for all of us, at least in this chat or otherwise. Mm -hmm. mm. Speaking <sighs> of theories, I have one I want to ask you guys after the show, because I do not want to go down this rabbit hole 
on air necessarily that is it's kind of related to the great hunt but really not so I, that's one thing i do want to say that the forsaken lore has done in particular it's brought back the ability to the theory craft right mm. effectively because right. we yeah. have so many more mysteries again answers yes but a lot more mystery hmm. i would agree Aside from anything else as well, it speaks to the testament. Uh, sorry, it's a testament to the improved. I say improved as though there was anything really like atrocious about a lot of it before. No, like this follows very much the trend of Bungie's writing team and mm-hmm. what they've been learning from the very beginning of D1 and since Taken King. Other. And yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. There is a nice Ooh. trend here. In addition to that, just to kind of like harp on that for half a second. I, my Destiny 2 book, my first one that I have, is mm-hmm. completely filled front to back from Year 1. Year 1 didn't have any problems for giving us lore, I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. Is that Year 1 of Destiny 1 or Year 1 of Destiny 2? I'm assuming Destiny, Destiny 2. 1. Oh, Destiny okay. 2. Destiny 2, actually, I filled an entire moleskin, no problem. Mm. Uh, for reference, Destiny 1 entirety was two books. So three years fit into two books, where right now I am actually on the path to fill um, two books in two years, especially with the stuff that it looks like they're coming out with. Uh, so that should actually give plenty of uh, indication of like where where we're at and like why I why I said at the start of the show I am. We're, I think most of us are kind of just like drowning in a good majority of this stuff. Uh, and then to, I, I wish I were a little bit more bureaucratic because then I could be like, well, this goes here, this goes here, I'll cover this first. And I, there's just, it, it, it's all in such a mishmash. There is so much to yeah. cover. It's, but, it, uh, it, it's one of those things where it's almost impossible to effectively do it all at once. And I mean, yeah. with, let's be honest with Black Armory coming up. I know that's going to mess with schedules generally. <laughs> like, uh, right. I'm going to say Ugh, nobody, so I think, much. is going to be, like, on point with what we want to do. Like, those three videos a week that you had? Ah, eh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be it could be four really short ones, or it could be, like, two 30-minute ones, or it could... Yeah, there's, there's, right. there's no... The, the, yeah, there will yep. be no congruence to anything, and that's f- just part of, I think, what we have to accept. It's fine. Yeah. I'm going to say the first couple weeks for any release, it feels like it's kind of that way, too, but... Mm. Anyway, just to harp on that fact a little bit more, like there is there is so much for us to kind of dig through, and obviously with the tangents we went down on on so many of these items, uh, that should tell you something for the linking trends that you still find within Destiny's lore. It's still very possible, and it's still uh, very prevalent. Indeed. Sorry, chat. All right. Anyways, shout outs so we can get on to <laughs> Green's uh, post show question. Oh, no. Bife, what, what do you have for us this week? So, shout outs. I just. I think there's one thing that I want to shout out. It's not anything that's immediately law related, but it's. Uh, and I hope it's not taboo to shout out another podcast on this, but I actually want to go ahead and shout out the Saint 14 podcast. Mm-hmm. Because um, they cover they cover a lot of uh, really interesting stuff with regards to mental health, but also they do um, 
character analysis with each of their podcasts and they try and make it so that it's breaking down the various characters we get in destiny and sort of explaining everything behind them you know which in itself is really good but also yeah i feel as though that podcast has the potential to really go places and do good people so yeah i definitely want to go ahead and give a shout out to them also i yeah um big thanks to you guys for inviting me back and for changing the show time to make it earlier so that I could actually be on and yeah. so that it wasn't unreasonable because now it's like 11:45 here in the UK PM and normally I'd be like okay only 3 more hours until focus fire mm-hmm. and it's just like yeah this <laughs> made a huge difference and I'm very glad and so big thank you thank you very much yes. very, very very glad beard what about you uh, one major one actually goes to something that just happened to Matt, aka Mylan Games. Yeah, uh, I am. This going is- to, uh, I'm going to read uh, read this tweet uh, just verbatim as what he had posted. Uh, <laughs> Extremely shocked and humbled to have been nominated for YouTube Creator of the Year at the Australian Games Awards. Hey. Don't know how I was nominated, considering the competition, but thank you. Just the fact that this guy is now like up for nomination within his Australian space is amazing. Mm-hmm. Right. It should show like the the amount that he uh the farthest he has come as a creator, uh, and what he does for the community on the daily. Uh he is he's just doing some awesome, awesome stuff between his PhD and his channel. So mm-hmm. big shout seriously, out to Matt. Seriously one of the most wow. deserving guys of that. Speaking Absolutely. of which. Mm-hmm. The Absolutely. other thing that Mylan did that is coming out mm-hmm. into your mailboxes if you ordered it. <laughs> yeah. I, I know a few say. people already have access to it, including Matt, who got an uh, advanced copy. Which, is the oh, anthology. God. So Anon has, Anon has been showing a bunch of people in the law community because he's one of the lucky sods that's got his on time, unlike mm-hmm. other people in the UK. Mm-hmm. He's been showing a bunch of small excerpts from it and yeah um if you have any interest in destiny's law whatsoever or if you are just one of those nerds um get these things because seriously great. matt and bungie's team have done an astounding job and it's not just the old grimoire it that there's the new stuff is <laughs> <laughs> i will say nothing for the sake of people who don't want to be spoiled here but holy well i'm gonna say for amazing for for you and me as Olin Tan fans, I think I'll mm-hmm. just leave it there just to say mm-hmm. that. You know? I'm clapping. Yeah, it's it's uh it's new stuff as well as some older stuff. Uh it is a compilation of like a lot of different things and I just or compilation. Compilation of a lot of different things. No, I like things. it. Compilation. I, compilation is official now. I'm Com- rubbing off on beard, it's fine. <laughs> compilation, Silizagarth. <laughs> Anyway, for about it's... four people that got that Homestar Runner reference, uh, the 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 lore book though in general looks like it is very well put together. Uh, I am anxious to get mine. The mm-hmm. art looks fantastic. Uh, so if any of you were wanting to know like when that was coming, seems like some people are already getting a hold of it yes. uh, directly from Bungie, which is pretty cool. So yes, to to mirror what green was saying as she stole my shout out you you stepping on my toes person as you ladies are yeah i guess so the whispers Um, it's fine (laughs) but yes i uh i i absolutely 
love what is happening with this community uh, in general. I had posted a tweet uh, the other day how it's very hard for me to keep up with everything that's happening. Oh my uh, gosh, and Even yes. if there is like a, a small bit of bad that happens, like 20 good things just keep popping up. Uh, if you are, if you are somebody that's just having fun with the game, good on you. Like that's what, that's what it's all about. Uh, or if you're in Blue's case of which I still don't understand what's going on with that. But I anyway, just like reading about the game. I was, I was going to say, I don't get a chance to really play it much anymore. <laughs> so thank God I can at I'm least like, read it. <laughs> like, I'm, yeah, I'm like, well, yeah. yeah, my, my recent experience with the game is I sit in orbit for 20 minutes waiting for something to load. So, you know. Yeah, some of the glitches that are in not and only it's Xbox not but also in the raid of my right internet. now. It's not oh, because of the internet. Oh. Morgoth is uh, Morgoth is um. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what more I mean, should we say? I mean, there's there's one way to stop a, a raid boss from dying, and that's hack the world, right? I mean, Obviously, <laughs> it worked. Off, it worked great with Oryx. Mm, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um. So green, did you have any more or? Uh, I have one more shout out beyond that, and it's actually somebody we kind of shouted out a little bit earlier, uh, Isakol, and mm-hmm. the Bad Destiny joke. I'm just going to shout her out again. She's God, putting yes. out some really she does, she does funny, so much good work. Funny They're stuff so good. Oh, Plus, God. I have an inside scoop that she's wanting to do more lore-oriented ones. Yep. Mm. So that will be in the works, hopefully, and. I am looking forward to seeing that. But yeah, totally give her a follow on Twitter. She also yeah. has a website, isacole.com, I think, is her website, where she has a lot of her Bad Destiny jokes, comics, and some of her other writing. It's great. Great stuff. Mm-hmm. Also, she's a clan member. So, oot, hydra. That's not, that's not the way you should say that. I know, but I don't <laughs> want to say it the other way, because you guys are going to go off on a tangent. <laughs> And before you ask, she is that person. <laughs> well, uh, if you guys are in the live chat, stick around. We apparently have a question for a tangent, and I also have a five-year-old who really wants to say hello to everyone. Um, so, and that that is going to be put up on YouTube as it normally is uh, as soon as I possibly can get it over for the unstructured live stream archives. But as always, you guys have a great week. We will see you next week, uh, which will be the extra lore recap for Fallout. Uh, we're actually, I'm actually kind of looking forward to that one. But yeah, so we're going to run through an outro. And then as always, we'll stay around for a little bit of an after show. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to our episode archives can be found at www.focusfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments or questions for our team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. Also, be sure to check out all of our amazing partner podcasts within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright. <laughs>